And part of my message today is to um, bring that home to you in a way that it, it's how it's worked for me over the years and how the Lord in his kindness has brought me to himself and has blessed my life. It's made it good. It's made it really good. And um, so I have a few scriptures I want to share with you. And uh, Pastor Dick asked me, as I was going out the door last Sunday, he says, I want you to speak on devotion next week. I said, okay. And that's so I, <laughs> that's what I did. I spent the week and, and worked on devotion. What does devotion mean? And what is devotion towards the Lord, towards your brothers and sisters, and in fact, towards yourself? Because, like Martha said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, God loved you, and that is paramount for you to develop as a person, because that's God's will for you, to grow up into the full stature of who Jesus is, and also who you are in the Father. And that's something that Jesus gave back to us, the ability to be who we're really meant to be in God. So be blessed. I want to talk about devotion today, and I want to start out with, with I thought about some of, the, some of the heroes of the faith that have inspired me over the years. And the, the first example I have for you is the Apostle Paul. And and as far as devotion to Christ, he had no idea that he would be devoting himself to Christ. In fact, he was, he was against everything that Jesus stood for. Unbeknownst to him, the Lord kind of pulled him over one day, knocked him off his horse, and showed him who he was in a wonderful way. And Paul learned who Jesus was. He learned firsthand from the Lord. And he also learned from his brothers and sisters who caused him to be able to grow in the faith. Okay. Second Corinthians 11.13 says this, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us up with Jesus and present us to himself. And all this <clears throat> is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. God is raising us up so that he can show us off to the world because we're a, we're a new creation in Christ. When you receive Christ, you become a different person. You become reconnected to the Father. And that's something the world really doesn't understand. And that's why oftentimes when you go somewhere and you walk into a room, somehow you change things by just walking in because of your presence, because you're bringing a presence with you. You're bringing the presence of the Lord with you. And that changes everything. It changes everything for good. So in devotion, some of the things that help um, if we turn to 2 Peter 1.5, it says this, For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance. Perseverance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increased measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
all those attributes Jesus owns, and they make him who he is. And he received them from the Father as a man when he was here on the earth. <clears throat> Even though he was God, he had to receive everything from the Father. And all the goodness that came from the Father came to him. All these attributes he now wants to instill in you. Now these don't come quickly. They take time. The Lord has to grow us and teach us and train us and get us to walk with him. But as he does, you will find that you'll be able to receive these. And these will keep you in times of trouble, times of distress. And you will be able to be a help in, in someone else's time of need in a real major way. So, so be encouraged. You know, all these things, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love, all these things have to be put into us. And what has to be displaced in us are the things that are already there. And some of the things that are already there don't want to give way to these things. But the Lord has a way to deal with all this, you know, because he knows how to deal with us as people. Here's another one from Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have learned, or this is Paul speaking, by the way, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. When I was younger, I think I was just about 20, 22, I, I met uh, one of my first mentors in the faith, and his name was Arthur Scotia. And Arthur had known the Lord about 45 years. And he said to me, he says, you know, Winston, it was pretty much the same all until I got to be about 35, 35 years in the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on me, and he stayed with me. And his anointing was refreshing every day for me. And, and I learned the kindness of the Lord. And all those years, what he did is he studied the Scriptures, and he studied the Lord, and he loved the Lord, and he spent time with him, and he devoted himself to him. And the man was a blessing to me because he helped me to understand how God loved another person. So I had, I had kind of a, a way to see that, that, that God could love me the same way, because I saw of what the product of Arthur's life was beautiful. And that's what caused me to come to this faith in the very beginning, is that I saw the work of people that God had been working with in the church, in a small house fellowship next door, like I was talking to you last night. And I, I saw something different in them, and it changed me. And I began to trust, and I began to believe and have hope that, that maybe Jesus was the way, you know, because I saw in the lives of his people the difference. And I also saw what I was missing, and that, that made everything... So let's talk about devotion for a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, love, loyalty, enthusiasm for a person, activity or cause. These are the things we devote ourselves to. What we are interested in, we also pursue and involve our strengths and talents in. 
So when we devote something to something we like, we put all our efforts into it, okay? To the cost of everything else, typically, whether it's sports, whether it's education, uh, schooling, whatever it is you do, raising a family, mowing your lawn, whatever it is you do, if you like it, you're going to put yourself into it, okay? The Lord has a way of putting his goodness into us so that we like what it is that he's doing in us. It's a transformation, and, and, it, and it doesn't come easy. It doesn't, you know. But he has a way about him to draw us to himself because he loves us. And his kindness, his kindness brings us and draws us to him because we know, we know that he loves us and cares for us. And I think that's the test, you know. That's what he causes all of us to begin to understand, that we have to receive kindness. And for a lot of us, it's difficult. It's very difficult to receive kindness, you know, because usually there's a hook, there's a catch. Why are you being nice to me? Well, you know. But the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance, and that brings us into what he has for us. Um, so from devotion, I went over to servanthood, okay? In Christ, there's a category that we call servanthood. Servanthood is one who is distinguished as obedient and faithful to his master and attendant in the service of another. This is a learning process where Jesus takes us through situations to understand what he's about, what his concerns are, you get to know his heart by walking with him. He teaches us to wait on him, to watch him pray, to see him do things in the world, and also at times when it seems he isn't doing anything, or at the very least things we don't understand or comprehend yet in our current development with him. There's a lot of times we don't understand what the Lord's doing. And we get to a point where we feel competent in how the Lord works, his manners, because we've walked with him for some time. And then he doesn't do things that we would like to see him do. You know? And then we have to follow on the scripture that says, my ways aren't your ways. You know? He's, and, and so we have to begin to trust him. I was praying for uh, a person up in Maine last week and I, I asked the Lord, I, I was praying for him, and then I stopped, and I said, well, Lord, why isn't this working? Why are, why are we seeing, I, I'm not seeing the results that, that we should be seeing here. And he said, trust me, I've got this, you know. And I called up the person that I was praying for, her husband, and she said, the Lord told me to trust him. He's got this. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, all right. You got it, Lord. So th there are things that I just have to put in his care and go about my business and let him be God, you know? And then he lets me be me, and it's, it's been good. So let me continue. Um, interesting thing about, about Jesus is it comes from him. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
and this is to my Father's glory. You see, he made a link for us to receive from the Father. And this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands and remain in, my, in mine, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, and I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He says, greater love has no, no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I have learned of my father, I have made known to you. He calls us friends. Calls his friends. You did not choose me, but I have chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this is my command, love each other. Love each other. And he calls us friends. But he first calls us to understand him and to serve him. And so anyone that's been... Uh, working in, in, a, in, in the food service, you know, like Donna, she learned how to be uh, a servant. She learned to serve people. What can I get you? What would you like? And so when we go about with the Lord, we are his attendant. It's like, Lord, what can I do for you today? What would you like? And oftentimes what he'll do is say, come with me, walk with me, and see how he does things, see how he works with people. And what he'll do is he'll bring people to you and they will share things with you. And then the Lord will show you how to not only identify with what's going on with them, but also to bring a remedy. You see, when someone's talking to me, and, and my friend Arthur Scotia um, shared this with me. He says, Winston, when, when people are, are sharing with me their problems and pain and hurt, which is oftentimes what we get, um, what he does is, he said, what I do is I lift up the remedy, and I begin to worship and praise the Lord and thank him, and get I get happy with the Lord. And what the Lord does is the Lord brings an answer for them in that process, you know. So as we have a face-to-face a -face with each other, we also have a face-to-face -face with the Father at the same time. And so the Lord is able to give them the remedy through your heart as you're lifting up the Lord, because... Jesus said, when I'm high and lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And I believe that as when we lift the Lord up high, he brings the remedy to our brothers and sisters and ourselves. There's an interesting Proverbs. In, in Proverbs 25, 2, there's an interesting quote. Uh, I believe Solomon said it. It's a glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. There are things that the Lord wants you to seek him in for yourselves, for who you are, your questions, your concerns, your interests. Seek out the Lord in these things, and the Lord will give you answers. Because that's what you are. You are kings and priests of the Most High God. 1 Peter 2.2 2 echoes the same thing that Paul was saying. Uh, talks about 
Peter was saying, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, slander of every kind, like newborn babes crave spiritual milk, so that you may grow up in your salvation, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Commit yourselves to those around you that are mature in the Lord and learn from them. The Holy Spirit will impart to you favor and equip you for every good work. The things that bother you, the things that vex you, the things that hurt you, that harm you in your mind, ask the Lord to sh show you how to let them go. You know? um, the, the last time I was here, uh, you know, uh, preaching, I was talking about Nineveh with Jonah. And I'll just throw that in. You know, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, and the Lord wanted him to go. So for, for, for you that are familiar with, with Jonah and Nineveh, um, there's places in us that are kind of like Nineveh, you know? And it's like, I love you, Lord, but I, I, I don't want you to go there, <laughs> you, you know? But honestly, Jesus is attracted to the very things that you most detest in yourselves. And let the Lord go there. Because he will bring healing, he will bring order, and he will bring peace, as only he can do. So let him set you free from the things that vex your heart and your mind. Take him there. Take him to that place of pain, hurt, ugliness, trauma, outrage, people that have hurt you, abused you. Take him there. Because he's the only one that's qualified to go there. Because right? he went there already himself and took care of the whole thing. Now he wants to do it with you. He'll do it. You know, He'll do it. So some of the things that devotion produces. Devotion causes a constant flow of grace and love towards you. When we are devoting ourselves to the Lord, we are basking in his presence. The byproduct of that falls on us in such a wonderful way. The anointing breaks the yoke of, of things in us that we can't reach. As we spend time with him, we get healed. Strong commitments to God's work also um, is a product of devotion, a, a strong commitment to, to the things of God where you normally wouldn't be. Um, God constrains you. He, he gets you to think of things the way he does, and it changes you. The other thing that I think is really important about devotion is loyalty and trust. You become loyal to Jesus, and you trust him because you know him. And he's caused that knowing to change you. There's some attributes developed in a person that uh, is into devotion of the Lord, and uh, it's called virtue. Virtue is called moral excellence, a trait to be deemed good and as a foundation of a good moral being. Personal virtues are characteristics valued as promoting collective and personal greatness. I want you to think of yourselves as great. I want you to think of yourselves as good. I want you to think of yourselves as loved and greatly favored by the Father. Okay? This is the Lord's heart towards you. This is what Jesus came to give us. This is what Jesus earned 
when he came here as a man, and he found favor with both God and man. God wants us to have the same attributes in our lives because they're going to make a difference in the world that you live in. People are going to change, and things will go well with you because of the God that you honor. So consider excellence in your life. The things that, that you have a hard time with, that you wrestle with, let the Lord get in there with you. Okay? And he will move that. He'll move that mountain with you. First Peter 2.7, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here's another one out of Isaiah 42. Um, Here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. Sounds like the Father talking about Jesus prophetically through Isaiah to me, you know. But Jesus became a servant to the Father. He said, All I, I only do what I hear and see the Father doing. So we can do the same thing in Jesus. Um, another part of devotion that I think is really good is prayer. Um, and for, for any of you who know me, um, prayer has been my thing here since I came here. Uh, we do intercessory prayer here on Tuesday nights. We meet uh, here at 8.30 and on Sundays, and you're all welcome to join us. And uh, we can make this a really exciting uh, time. And it, it's been good. It's been very good. We've seen miracles. And my time spent in prayer with the Lord have helped me in ways that I never would have really understood. But it opened me up to not only know him, but also know me. I wouldn't have known me. I wouldn't have been revealed to me who I am unless I spent time with him. Because that's how we get to know who we really are. You see, that's our gift. That's God's gift to us, is us. And the Father wants us to be as good as we could possibly be in him. That's his joy. That's, that's his dream for us. And that's, that's God's dream for a world. This is, he wants it to be great. So we can have this. But time spent with the Lord in prayer makes all the difference in the world. He gets to speak to you. He gets to settle you, and then he gets to strengthen you in areas where there's a weakness. And like I said, all the, the, the things that attract the Lord is the things that cause us to be weak. These are the things that you know with your children. If you see your children having problems, you're naturally attracted to, their, to the issues that they have at hand, and you want to help them through them. It's, I believe the father's the same way, uh, uh, but a thousand percent more. There's an interesting part of prayer that, that I've looked at in Matthew 6, 6. It talks about when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door and pray to the Father in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. The idea of going into a closet really doesn't make any sense to me, but that's the way the Lord said it. And, and basically what he means is go into yourself, okay? But when I thought about it, I envisioned a closet. And when I go into my closet, I got stuff in there I haven't seen in years. Okay, where did this come from? What is this doing in here? You know what I mean? It's like, get rid of it. You know, and it's like, you know, so when you're in prayer, think about it like that. You know, when you sit, and whenever you start to pray and you start thinking about some weird thoughts, just get rid of it, you know, because you, 
it'll help you, believe me. You know, and, and when your closet is cleared out, it's good because uh, Jesus said, I will come and I will, I, will make, I will bring my father and I will make my home with you, okay? And the father will move in and he's got stuff, okay? And he wants to move into your heart, okay? So we need to make room in our hearts for the things that he has for us because he has good things. And, and so the first thing that's going to rise up when you begin to pray and, and seek the Lord, you're going you're to be, some thought's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, well, what about this? What about that electric bill that was supposed to be paid last week, you know? And all this stuff is there to sidetrack you, okay? And it's your mind. It's your mind really trying to say, hey, who's in charge here, all right? Now, somebody's going to be in charge of your mind, okay? And it can't be me, sorry, but... <laughs> I got to be in charge of this mind, and that's that's a hard enough job. It, it, you know, you've got to be able to say, "All right, no, I'm not going to think that," and that's where there is a, a department in us somewhere in the soul called the will, and the will says no. The will says no. I'm not going to think that. I'm going to do this, and we're going to continue in prayer. And and so it, when you connect with your will, you're able to deal with the thoughts of your mind. Okay. And you're able to actually take control of it, you know, and that's, that's huge. That was huge for me. So anyways, um, prayer allows the Holy Spirit to show you these things, and it's good pleasure to free you from them and install his attributes into you, okay? Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. How many people here today are tired? Okay. How many people want a nap right now? How many people are tired of hearing me and just want to sleep? <laughs> you can go ahead. You know, you can snore. I've, I've fallen asleep, you know. <laughs> We're all tired. Okay. Well, that's what it says. They, will, they that wait on the Lord. If you wait on the Lord, you know, if you are a waitress and waiting on someone or a waiter, you're waiting on the Lord. You wait on him. You say, Lord, I'm here. What do you want from me? And what he does, he renews our strength because of what is in him is permanent and endurable. You see, it can't be, it, can't, it couldn't have been killed. He, he could not have been destroyed. What was in him was eternal life. He could not, he could not not be quenched. There was nothing in him that, that was at risk because it was all strength. It was all power. It was all goodness. It was all true. It was all beautiful and lovely and of good report. This is who our Jesus is. He wants to instill these into us so that the power that comes from that connection flows from the Father to us and gives us strength and energy and hope and a future. And it carries us into life in a major way. Matthew 11, I'll be finishing up pretty soon, but just a couple more things for you. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been committed to me by my Father. That's Jesus' statement, and that's huge. I could stop right there. All things have been committed to me by my Father. All things. 
in all things. In the Greek, right? All things. Okay. <laughs> no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Which is an interesting thing that he would say. And Jesus will show us the Father. And Jesus will show us himself when we spend time with him. And we devote ourselves to him. And we learn to love him. And in his kindness, he brings us into repentance and healing. And washes us new. And we become free. We become healed. And it takes time. It takes a lifetime. But let the grace that the Lord has upon you have its perfect way. And let patience have its perfect way as well because the grace of the Lord is what brings us into his goodness and his kindness. And, and over the process of a lifetime, there are things that he will do in us that we may not understand, that we may not like, but it's for our own good because he disciplines us because he loves us. And he brings us into right standing with him. And he causes us to be able to stand before him. And he says this, which is interesting for all you that are tired today, including myself. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's a yoke? If you've got an oxen, he can pull great weights. He can do also, he's very strong. If you put two oxen together, you yoke them together, and together they can move huge things. What the Lord is asking you to do is get yoked in with him. You see, he's already walked this walk. He's lived this life, and now he's risen from the dead. He stands before the Father interceding for us. He's almighty. All things have been given to him. And he's, he's, he's asking us and inviting us to yoke ourselves in with him. And if you've ever seen a yoke in an oxen, there is usually a, a, an older oxen that is mature and seasoned. And then there's a younger one, okay? And the younger one will be yoked in with the older one, and they will learn. The younger one will learn what the older one already knows. And he'll be able to go out into the pastures and move things that the farmer wants to do. And to be yoked in with, I've watched oxen be yoked in at a farm over in Sutton, and the young oxen really didn't want anything to do with it. He wanted to be out in the pasture playing with all the horses and the other animals, and he wanted to do things his way. And now he's stuck yoked in, and he would push and go like this and like this and everything he could to try to get out of the, get out of the oxen yoke. But he couldn't. He was stuck there, you know? And... With us, I believe there's a time of chafing and there's a time of struggle. There's a time of just a brokenness where the Lord is the Lord and he will wear us out and he will tire us and he will make us see things his way. <laughs> and we can struggle in this thing and say, Lord, I'm not going to do it. Well, yes, you are. There's, there's a scripture that says he constrains us, okay? 
constrained is the word. You know, to do something that you really don't want to do, but you're going to do it anyways because you know he said it. And that's, that's what I see. But to be yoked into him is actually to experience his strength in a way that you never, never could without being yoked in. And that's the cost of really devotion and discipleship is to be yoked in with Christ. You know? And then what he does, he does is he yokes you in to your bro- with your brothers and sisters. He yokes you together in love. Right, Pat? Yeah. 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 Last year, he yoked me up with, with Pat. We went to Africa together. And boy, did I chafe. <laughs> but, I, but I learned. I learned. We went into some dark places, didn't we? And we made a difference. And I learned. I learned from an old hand. And I want to thank you for that. That was good. Africa was good. Um, John 12, 26, I'll be closing. Uh, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, so shall my servant be also. And my Father will honor the one who serves me. That's huge. You know, be a servant to the Lord Jesus. He's going to call us all into interesting things because we know him. And the value of knowing him is going to change this generation. It's going to change it for good because we know the Most High God. And we will get to introduce him. And the Lord is going to brighten us. He's going to cause us to shine as lights in, 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 in the current darkness that we have in the world. The world's not going to be able to figure out how to fix itself. It, it, it doesn't have the capacity. But we, in Christ, will transform the world. And we will transform this generation. Because the Lord will do it. And he is for us. And he is also for this world. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, why devotion? Our calling in Ephesians 1, uh, which is huge, you know. And I will send you home with some homework for that. And you can read Ephesians 1 uh, this week. And uh, I believe that's, that's our calling. Um, and also, y- you know, just as a take-home, um, some of the heroes of the faith that devoted themselves to the Lord Jesus in the scriptures, um, Hebrews 12 is a great chapter to go into, to see men and women that were called out of their generation to make a difference in the world, you know, for the sake of the world, that God's heart was for the people. And they, these people got changed in the process, you know, because they were devoted to the Lord. So, on that, I'm pretty much, pretty much done. I would like to uh, have you, anyone, um, any questions? Any questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Any questions? Uh, any anybody have any 